Hour number two on Radio Row. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We are always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And you want to know what, Ant? This is our top story of the day. So let's let's run the Not My Beat uh, playbook here because Nikki Javala sat down next to me and she wrote a pretty important story this morning. Um. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. So, Nikki, we were joking before uh, we came back on air here. Uh, last night, I was scurrying to go meet a friend of mine uh, through the, the JW Marriott here at Indy. And I saw out of the corner of my eye you working, on, very clearly working on something yeah. in the corner. And I did not have the light bulb go off that that <laughs> thing that you would be working on would be very relevant to my day, which of course it is, uh, until this morning when I saw the story you wrote with Mark Maskey that the commanders uh, are no longer going to be playing at FedEx Field because FedEx is uh, exercising basically an early termination option in their contract that was triggered available by the sale of the team. Mm-hmm. As best as you can tell us in terms of your reporting, how did, how did all of this go down and how surprising is this? Um, I, I think it's, it's kind of surprising and not surprising, right? Um, surprising sort of by the timing. You know, there's two years left, $15 million, which is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of, you know, sort of the, you know, the, the it certainly would help to have thirty the, extra million dollars when you, sure, on the day you announced seventy five yeah. million dollars yeah. with the renovations. I, I would love an extra fifty million that. dollars yes. in my bank account, but sure. you know, relative to you know the total value of a lot of these naming rights deals and you know the amount that that can change in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge dent. Um, but to lose your naming rights partner when you have six, seven, eight, however many years left they have at the stadium in Landover. And also need a stadium rights partner at the new stadium, wherever they're going to be. It's they're in somewhat of an uncertain position, you know. Um, so I, I, I think the timing was surprising, um, especially because they had gone 25 years uh, with FedEx. Um, but given the history of you know sort of Dan Snyder, his history with the minority owners, there was litigation. Um, good number of. You know, so much well documented. (laughs) Yes. Um, And even though Dan Snyder is not the owner of the team, as you mentioned, the sale of the team triggered a provision that would allow uh, FedEx to opt out early um, from the deal. And they they chose that. I believe the deadline was the end of last year. And they they took it pretty much up to the deadline. And I I think it it did catch some in the team by surprise. They thought, you know, they were on pretty good standing. Um, So, yeah, they they decided to pull out and yeah now they they have a an old stadium with no naming rights partner and a new stadium wherever it'll be somewhere. a lot of uncertainty there yeah we stadium. are uh, we are waiting on news from the rfk bill right. which is working its way through congress right now your colleague sam fortier has been one of the people that's been all over that so i'm sure uh, washingtonpost.com mm-hmm. will have much coverage uh from sam and and uh, nikki's colleagues there mm-hmm. uh as that gets finalized so I, I guess like the, the number one question I thought of after reading the piece this morning is like, could this actually wind up working out for them? Like, is there a way that because, as you mentioned, it's $15 million, which in, in modern naming rights deals, which are a bit all over the place, but still that would they could get more for that if the stadium wasn't in such yeah. a precarious space where they're moving out in a couple of years. But I don't know whether they negotiate some kind of deal where mm-hmm. it includes naming rights for the new stadium or whatever right. like could is it feasible for them to go, go like you want to what maybe they just did us a favor yeah theoretically i mean that that's about 7.6 a year it's two years so 15 million dollar total um you know and i i think the average for naming rights 
nowadays there's only two stadiums, two NFL stadiums that don't have a naming rights partner, Lambeau Field and Soldier Field. Uh, so it's a, the two oldest stadiums don't have naming rights partners. But the reason a lot of teams do it is, you know, it's a lot of capital. That, and you need that to kind of reinvest into the stadium and, and maintain repairs and whatnot. Um, so a lot of these deals, the average for the ones that have them, I think it's around like 12 and a half to 13 okay. a year, which is pretty much double what they you know, we're getting from FedEx. So, yeah, if they can land another stadium rights partner and kind of get it in that ballpark, sure, it could be beneficial because there was going to be a lapse no matter what. You know, this deal expired in 2026. They are not going to be out of um, the current stadium by then to move into the next one. So there yeah, was going to be a lapse. By the way, pause. What do we call it for right now? I'm just calling it the stadium in the Landover. Stadium. <laughs> the stadium um, in Landover. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, like, cover the Broncos for six years, mm-hmm. their original, not their original, but the second naming rights sponsor, Sports Authority, a mm-hmm. former, uh, you know, apparel I, company yes, way back uh, when. Yeah, we. I think any kid who grew up playing sports has been to a sports yeah. authority and just gotten lost in there. Yeah. They went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So, and they, I mean, that, that stadium went without a naming rights partner for, I want to say, two, three years until they landed on Empower, a retirement company. So, you know, it, it depends on the market. It depends on what they're looking for. I think ideally they would probably want to do what Tennessee is doing, and they managed to get Nissan on a 20-year sponsorship, and Nissan is carrying them through the, the rest of their life of the current stadium, and then will also be the naming rights partner mm. of their new stadium that opens in 2027. So I would think that would be sort of the ideal scenario. You get a long-term partner. You're getting a pretty sizable return each year. Um, more than you are now. It's just you in, and you got to think Nashville is a smaller market than DC, but you look at the state of FedEx field, you know, and, and new ownership to its credit has put in a good bit of money already to try to make some improvements, but it is what it is. Right. Um, so I, I think all that factors in and we'll see if they're able to pull one off. If, if you don't get one that carries over, maybe you get a shorter term one, um, you know, I, I, I think ideally you'd like to have one or you find other ways to sort of make up that lost revenue that you would get from one if you can through. You see a lot of teams now like sponsor parking lots or different areas sure. um, to get creative. But, you know, that that revenue that 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 helps a ton for teams, you know, especially with the size of these stadiums and the amount you know, just the capital repairs is, can be massive. Right. And if they're trying to make a better fan experience, I wonder if like exactly. parking comes down and like some, you know, you're, you're shifting revenue and right. like how you make it, can you make it right. more off corporate sponsors than off your fans sure. directly? And, uh, if you're missing a $7.6 million chunk of change, like that makes that, that business model a little bit harder. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is a lot of money for any normal person. It's, you know, in the grand scheme, it's not a ton, but yeah, it, it definitely helps to have a naming rights partner, no doubt. Yeah, Nikki Javala of the Washington Post is with us. Um, these $75 million upgrades to mostly FedEx, but I think that there's some that got earmarked that, for yeah, Ashburn as well. Yeah, some updated amenities at um, the facility. How, like, what kind of difference does this realistically make for fans and, and maybe more importantly on the day that the NFLPA stuff comes out again yeah. for, for players? Yeah, and this is this $75 million, this includes the $40 million that was also announced earlier. So $35 oh, yeah. million new. New and We've now all of this. The end of my math skills. <laughs> Same, um, and all of these upgrades will be completed before the 2025 season. So they're putting all these upgrades in this off season and next off season, um, in between concerts and whatever else they have going on at the stadium and facility. Um, 
so I, th- I think a lot of it will be noticeable. I think they've made changes to, to parking and trying to make it easier to get in and out of the stadium. They've made some already um, with sort of the traffic flow things. Um, they've made upgrades to premium seating areas. Uh, there's like a new field tunnel club. Um, and I think it's maybe more subtle things that you can't see. Like they, there just needs to be some structural improvements to the stadium, which... If you've been to any game, you know there are some improvements that can be made to sure. stop a leak. Because a new one appears at every game, it seems. Yep. Um, and then certainly at the facility, I mean, the NFLPA came out with their their second annual player report cards where players vote on how facilities are, how working conditions are for, for teams. And, I mean, it's not really a surprise that the commanders finished last for the second year in a row and this is not a knock on ownership but more a reflection of just the state of their facilities yeah the way i worded uh my my take on that because i guess that's the business i'm in reluctantly i'm in the take business nikki i it happened it happens to the best of us um and also me um so it you know my my take on it is that it is a reflection of the amount of work to be done not on the current ownership group these votes were taken in october Um, how little work was done by the previous regime yes um and both on football and on ownership yeah um how like if if we're forecasting a year from now like how much can they jump in a year versus how much of this is like a 5 to 10 year project i mean they they hope to have all these all of these upgrades in this chunk done before the 2025 season um you know and they're they're going to be it's a lot of money but it requires a lot of money to just make even incremental improvements to the stadium and you want to do enough to make it as decent as you can in that facility um, for fan experience, you got to make changes for players, too, to make it better. Um, I think they do take to heart these NFLPA surveys, and they have made changes since the last one to try to improve that. I mean, we saw a lot of it with training camp and, like, a separate area for families so they can kind of sort of congregate after practice in a more private area. Um, so I, I think they'll continue to make smaller changes while, you know, still keeping an eye on the long term and, you know, where they want to be after this. Nikki Javala, Washington Post with us for another few minutes here on the Team 980. All right, uh, General Combine, uh, this is the question I'm asking every Washington person that sits in that chair, which is, okay. when you not uh, not even quarterback stuff or, you know, whatever okay. you're hearing on the, the football side yet, just when you have conversations this year and you meet someone new and you're like, I cover Washington. You know, yeah. I, I know what that was like under the previous regime and yeah, everyone pity, just kind of gives you that. Stare. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you have yeah. a great life, don't yeah. you? How different are the conversations this year? Uh, the first reaction from literally everybody I've talked to is, oh, I really like their hires. I really like their hires. I think Dan Quinn will be good. Or if it's from, you know, agents or other media that have dealt with him, oh, you're going to love DQ. You're, I, Adam's really good. Like, I think he'll be really good for that team. So, yeah, it's a it's a complete 180. Um, you know, it's still kind of built on hope and potential and you hope this sticks, you hope it works, you hope they win. Um, but it is definitely a lot more optimism than years past when, oh, sorry, you're covering your fifth federal investigation, that type of thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely different vibes. Um, outside of today where you're dealing with, like, naming rights and PA surveys, it has kind of almost felt sort of like a normal <laughs> team. I'm so scared of doing anything. Um <laughs> But, like, yeah, we've been covering football and yeah. coaching stuff. And who are they going to draft and quarterback? Ooh. And, like, yeah, wild. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, 
We'll see how it pans out. You always yeah. hope they win the week, and they can the stick week around. Is young. Yeah. The, the, the regime is young. Right. This is the happiest time of year in the NFL. Yes. No, happiest. It, it Everybody's is. a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender right now. A hundred percent. One trend that I think is interesting this year, and as someone who covers not just Washington, a team that is kind of participating in this trend, but also someone who has great feel around the league, um, so many coaches are skipping out now, and it kind of started yep. with Kyle and Sean a couple of years ago. Washington has none of their assistants here, and DQ basically came to do media. I think he did tell the junkies this morning that he's like going to sit on on some meetings, but yep. like he's he's out of here pretty quick. Um, if he's, I think he's on a plane probably back right now. Right. Um, so, what do you make of that? And is that a missed opportunity where coaches like Andy Reid are like, no, I'm of course I'm here. Like right. I have to talk to the players. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody kind of has their own approach, obviously. And I mean, Washington still has a huge contingent here. Um, but I think the value of the combine, I don't know, if it's, it's definitely become more skewed to a TV production. You know, it's spread out. Meetings are later at night just to accommodate TV and to get these yeah. workouts. Well, and, now they have them in the mornings, time. which is a thing that never yeah. happened before. Right. So like the quarterbacks are pushed back in the week to make sure people stay and to, you know, more, more eyes. It is a business for the NFL as everything eventually becomes one. Sure. Um, so it's become less about, I need to see these players throw or work out because a lot of these drills, as we all know, are not all that translatable to the football field. Um, the interviews are very short. It's like speed dating in a lot of ways. You get yep. 15 minutes. A lot of these kids don't even know what team they're talking to because they're on their 30th of the day or something. Um, so it's so informal and they do it by zoom now, a carryover from the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know that. So they can do it in zoom. They can do it in person. So like they have coaches at home that can be streamed in. Oh, wow. Um, so some coaches just see it as a benefit of, you know, let's save the money on the trip. We get to talk to the players and then we'll bring them in on our top thirties and get them more. Um, I think the biggest benefit still to teams is the medical and, and players, you know, they go through the gauntlet with every bit of testing. And that's where the real value is, I think, to teams because it's the workouts. Okay, fine. You can watch them on TV. You know, more and more players are not really doing all They're of on them. tape, which I always just get a great yeah. chuckle out of because I just imagine, like, in the mid, you know, late March, some coach sitting in his office rewinding the three cones yeah, drill, right. and you're like, right. this is what we're doing to select football right. players? But, like, I guess. I mean, a good 40 time can definitely put you on the map. I mean, Troy Apke, I mean, five years in the league yeah. off that 40 time that impressed Dion. So, like, doing something right. Uh, but, like, you know, I I think I think teams are kind of realizing it is this has become more of a production. They have new ways, more efficient ways of, of getting it done. Um, you know, and I, I think it's they find it better to, to get these players in person, bring them in. And a lot of teams, they do it. They do it on top of that. And, you know, it, it, it's different. For every team, I, I do think you're gonna. I think you're gonna start seeing fewer teams send coaches, and I do wonder if fewer players are gonna continue to participate unpaid. If that's yeah. gonna become a thing, I I think it's interesting how it is almost you know people mess this up all the time. Oh, we went the full 360, full 180. It's like no, this is actually going a full 360 because. The combine started as a medical test, right. as a way to not have players have to travel. And it's like, right. okay, all the doctors, and then they're One like, stop shop. Yeah, yeah. What, hey, they're here. Let's work them out. Right. Let's let's do this. And now it's like the medical side. There's still so much benefit for the teams. Although I do wonder sure. if players are going to be like, no, you can't take right. me, take me or leave me. Like, how, when do agents start pulling that card? But it really like. 
because of the nature of the drills and technology. And also, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this on, on our podcast and stuff with Logan last year a little bit, like the GPS data available now. Yeah. I'd rather know what you run in a football game than what you run in a 40. And right. so the, the amount of data available is just completely changing the evaluation process. And everyone's just chasing the best way to do it. And as more technology yeah. emerges, like that that becomes less and less clear of what that optimized right. thing is. Right. There's more data, and this event has become more of a TV production, right. frankly. Um, so, And will players continue to agree to do it? I mean, I know Marvin Harrison, the report that he's not going to do it. Not everybody can do what Marvin Harrison is doing. Right. He is a complete player, and he's solidified in where he's going to, okay, you know, or is a team going to turn away Marvin Harrison Jr. because of that? No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a player on the edge of going on a certain place, might so it still has value for some players uh and last but not least because i feel rude not asking you at least one football question uh, because you do cover football (laughs) on top of all the other things that you do um do you have or have you this week developed any strong feelings in terms of uh where you think they should go it to i know they haven't decided yet so to ask you what you're hearing about that is like that's silly they don't know yet but for what you've heard from scouts agents execs whatever do you have any strong feelings no my mind changes pretty much every day sometimes twice in a day sometimes i'm like you know developing i think he would be good some days i'm like throw everything at the bears and try to trade up i don't think they i don't think they would i don't think the bears would trade down it's just my feeling. Um, some days I'm like, all right, trade back, get another pick. You know, let's yeah. kind of build up the rest. Other days I'm like, let's go get Kirk Cousins. Let's bring him <laughs> back for two, for a couple of years. You know, like let's go. Um, hey, you missed Kirk. So, Some of us got I to cover mean, Kirk. You didn't get Kirk. I know. I feel like I was ripped off. A you bit, never know so. what you get on I a Wednesday. Know. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, this is the beauty of having a number two pick, gobs of cap space, a ton of picks. They could literally go any which way, which. You know, for talk radio, not great because I don't have a definitive answer or opinion for you. I will um, say, as the person hosting a show that has been <laughs> do mostly draft content for two months, it is phenomenal. Oh, awesome, perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I honestly don't know. I I don't know what I would want. I, in that I'm situation. with you. I change and every I'm, single day. Yeah, and I'm very glad I don't have to be the one picking. Yeah. Um. Although if we were picking, we'd have a lot more data because like part yeah. of the reason I don't feel like I know is like. I haven't sat down in a room with Jaden Daniels or Drake May or Caleb Williams. Sure. Like I don't know how they process football information. I don't know how they process all kinds of stuff that just makes it impossible to like have a strong feeling. Does that yeah. stop many people from having strong feelings? No, my YouTube comments are a dumpster fire. <laughs> but like it is, it is impossible to look at it just with the tape. And also, I think the other part of this that I really struggle with is I don't know what they're building offensively. Like right. Cliff, yeah. Cliff going There's like, hey, this mystery. isn't the error yeah. aid. Like, okay, well, then what is it? Because it seems like it could go any direction. Right. And I think part of it, too, is, like, even when you do know all that, even when you do have every bit of data available to you, it's still a crapshoot in many ways. Right. I mean, Adam Peters would know as well as anybody with Trey Lance and, like, you know. And Brock Purdy on the other side. And Brock Purdy on the other side, yeah. So it's, there is a bit of luck to it. Um even when you know all that you do, I mean, there's not a direct translation from the college game to the NFL game, certainly parts of it, you know, but it is, it is tough. A lot of it depends on, is that player going into the right circumstances with the right coach, the right scheme? It takes a perfect storm and it's, it's hard to hit on. I, and I, I think this is Patrick Mahomes, every bit of good that he's done for the league, just otherworldly player 
of course every team wants to find that next guy, but he doesn't exist. I think there will be a lot of great players that will be different, but I think the standard is so absurd. Um, and not saying he will be the highest. That's not it at all. There will just be different super high players. But chasing that has made it even harder. I think it's it's definitely created more urgency, especially in the development of young players. If you're not good in year one, you're cast aside. Right. The lucky ones get a second chance, like Jared Goff. Um, coaches don't even get a full season to work with these guys. So everybody is chasing that that. You know, yeah, what you just said about up. Pat is the thing that I think I'm coming out of this week with, which is I don't know whether it's worth chasing him because he's one of one. And maybe Caleb, yeah. Caleb's the next guy in that tree where, maybe. you know, five years from now, I mean, five years from now, Pat's still going to be 32. So, like, yeah. insanity Crazy. there. But, like, the idea that if you get the quarterback, you got it. Like, no, if you get Mahomes, right. you got right. it. But, right. like, would you rather then be – the Lions or the 49ers with a very well-balanced roster. And, like, the 49ers are Jake Moody missing or getting an extra point blocked right. away from maybe winning that game. Right. Like, that whole game changes on that. So would you rather chase the 49ers model or would you rather chase right. hitting one guy and having him erase all the rest of your problems? Right. And, I mean, the Super Bowl rings would tell you you should go. It's worth it to chase Pat. Right. But, like, people are like, well, what if you land Josh Allen? And I'm like, well, he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. And the question is, do you need to be as good as Patrick Mahomes? Because if right. that's the case, then good luck. Yeah. If that's the case, then nobody else is going to be able to win. And I, Shut I the league down for believe a decade. that you don't need to be as good as Pat Mahomes to win. I right. think there have been a number of really, really good teams with really good quarterbacks, just not to that level. Right. And the good teams figure out how to way to do that. I think, I think that's like Baltimore is a perfect example. I mean, I know, they haven't won it all right. with but the Lamar, Eagle, but, but it's like the same the way model the Eagles used to make the that. Super Bowl. It's the same model yes. the Niners used to make the Super Bowl. Like yes. all the teams that the Chiefs have beaten, and the occasional team like yes. like Cincinnati, who has beaten uh, Kansas City, the only one to yeah. do it really in the playoffs. Like at that point, like Burrow was excellent, but yes. he wasn't Pat. Right. But their roster was sick otherwise. Yeah, I, just the importance on one position is what makes this league so unique anymore. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid wasn't regarded as Andy Reid like he is now. He's more like Kyle Shanahan is exactly, now until yeah. he drafted Pat Mahomes. Now, Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Correct. But you need that guy. Not not always to that level, but you need a guy. And it's, you know, we see it in Washington, of course. Yes, where they so, haven't had a guy. 20, how many years? I, many I mean, it depends on what who you consider the guy. Was it Doug? Right. I mean, there, you could make an argument that that Rippon and Williams weren't the guy, and they won Super Bowls right. anyway. Right? Exactly. Um, no, which is it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, it takes a perfect storm, you yeah. know. And and I think the league is a copycat league, but often to a detriment. And never forget that the Chicago Bears' all-time leading passer is Jay Cutler. Yikes! They've been around a hundred years. Yeah. Yikes. Could be worse. You could yeah. be the Bears. Uh, all right, that's Nikki Javala, WashingtonPost.com slash sports to read her work. Or some of you are subscribers to the Post, and they throw the newspaper at your door. Uh, Nikki uh, here with us uh, on Radio Row in Indianapolis. Trevor Sikama, Pro Football Focus, sits in that chair next.